Hello everybody, welcome to a new episode of the Long Jump Podcast. My name is Peter, I am your host for this and all other episodes. And today we're talking about the metaverse. Obviously a very hot topic these days, so certainly worth exploring. Today I'm talking to Alex and Federica of Spatialport, a company that is building a new shopping experience for the metaverse, for a new generation of shopping and a whole new experience. There's quite a lot to uncover here because what they're doing is a unique new project that is potentially the future of shopping in the metaverse. Now to save some time, we're not gonna do a deep dive into what the metaverse exactly is and how it technologically works. Uh, but if you have a fair understanding of the internet and technology today, then you should have no problem getting through this podcast. So without further ado, here are Alex and Federica from Spatialport. All right, Alex and Federica, thank you for being here today. Thank, thank you for you. inviting us, Peter. It's a let's pleasure. Start, let's start with a quick um, introduction round. Alex. Hey, uh, uh, okay. So uh, I'm Alex Belizia. I'm the founder and CEO of Spatialport. I have a background uh, in AR and VR technologies. Uh, I started more or less seven years ago. Um, I'm... Uh, Right now, focused on creating a, a shopping metaverse called Spatial Port, which is uh, meant to, to create a, an immersive shopping experience that will, uh, uh, let's say, revolutionize the way people do shopping online. Awesome. Federica, what is your part in this? Yeah, um, nice, nice to meet you, everybody. And hello, my name is Federica. I'm Italian as well. And uh, basically, I met Alex some years ago during our master master degree. And uh, after that experience, I I always start I always work with the startups for all my uh, professional experience. I started working for a consulting company in in Rome that accelerated startups and. After that, I, um, I worked for a certified incubator, always in Rome. And in that experience, I started to deepen, let's say, my interest for the product side. Then uh, Alex contacted me and started to talk to me about special bird. And I said, hey, that's, that's a great idea. I want to be part of that. And so I jumped in. Cool. And the rest is history, so they say, right? Exactly. Yeah. So you come from a background of VR and AR. So then I suppose the switch uh, to the metaverse in general is, is a relatively easy step to make. When did you come up with the idea of spatial port in particular? Well, um, I come up with the idea more or less uh, in the pandemic uh, period. Uh, because uh, what I was doing uh, at my previous company uh, was basically creating solutions for multinational companies with VR and AR technologies, as I mentioned. And um, we were focalized on VR for events, VR for e-commerce, and VR for training. Um, but uh, I saw that the vertical for e-commerce uh, was the one with the most potentials because um, back in the days when the pandemic started, you know, um, the metaverse, what we call today the metaverse, uh, what it, it's, it's what today, is what yesterday, sorry, was the VR and AR. So uh, <laughs> we just got Zuckerberg changing the name to it. Yep. Um, 
But uh, basically what happened was that with the pandemic, we didn't just have uh, multinational companies reaching out to us to build uh, custom-made solutions, but we also had small and medium entrepreneurs uh, who were reaching out to build their solutions. So uh, the VR for training and uh, uh, VR for events was a crowded field. While uh, VR for e-commerce, in my opinion, was the, the, let's say, sector in which the market could have the biggest potential and uh, uh, the one in which we could have solved the biggest pain point for the final end users, which was the cost to build 3D experiences. We were like every day doing calls from the morning till the end of the day uh, to, to close deals with new leads, but we were not closing because the price tag was from 50 up to $350,000. And, you know, if you're doing an innovation project um, and you're a small and medium entrepreneur, you can't afford to invest uh, that, that amount of money. So, I thought, uh, well, there's got to be a solution. And the solution that we come up with uh, is basically a configurator, a no-code configurator, um, something like uh, what Shopify did back in 2006 with uh, uh, their, their templates to allow everybody out there without coding skills to build their um uh, their, their websites for e-commerce. So we're thinking to do something like that, but uh, a little bit more uh, immersive. So basically the, the idea is to build a, um, a configurator for everybody to build their 3D e-commerce spaces uh, uh, to sell their products for a very affordable price. So that's that's uh, um, the the main idea, and it came up when with, with the pandemic, basically, because that was uh, the moment in which everybody started to find to, to look for new ways to promote their products. Wow, it sounds so simple, actually, and it makes total sense because it is just a like a continuation. It's, it's a new format of what we already know. Correct, correct. And the thing is that today, if you want to build your 3D environment, uh, you know, you need to uh, to go to a, a studio, a VR studio, ask for a design, they would build it for you. But if tomorrow you want to change something to it, you need to pay again. <laughs> so you, you, you're, you're back spending money. While I feel like, uh, uh, you know, there are the tools and the technology the technologies to allow everybody to be in power uh, to, to build their, their e-commerce stores in 3D. Uh, you know, the, the idea actually came uh, um, because I was a gamer back in the days, uh, around the years uh, 2002, 2003. There was, you know, a, a, with, there was PlayStation 2. And at that time, there was a radio configurator in 3D to build your mission for a, a game called Tenchu 2. It was like a, a ninja game. So you could build the configurator. So I thought, well, if it was uh, uh, available in 2002, why build it in 2022, you know, 20 years afterwards. <laughs> nice. So, okay, the idea is there. And I suppose you quit your job at some point? Correct. And then you started hiring 
the expertise around you? Correct. Yes. Um, I started uh, more or less a year and a half ago, spatial report. Um, the, the first step uh, of the company has been building the team because you can have like the best idea in the world, but uh, you, need, you need the expert who can uh, deliver and uh, who can make that happen. Yeah. So um, I, um, I, I, I got to build the, the team uh, and uh, the advisors. Uh, the advisory board, which uh, which is very important, also to get into a, a, a huge network than than what I had, and uh, to also guide you sometimes on industries where you're not into. Yeah, that makes sense. So that's where you come in, I suppose, Federica. Yeah, exactly. Um, we started collaborating. Uh, almost one year ago, more or less. Um, at the beginning was a part-time collaboration. Then when the thing started to, to go to go well, actually, I jumped in as well. So I quit my job and I decided, yeah, to, to start this new, um, new, this new adventure with Spatial Port. And as you can imagine, uh, working in a startup is not, I mean, you, the competence is not, the, the, the tasks that you perform are not so uh, specific, role specific. So uh, we need oh, to- Oh, hands on deck. Exactly. So, yeah. But it's, nice. it's a very interesting experience and um, I learned a lot. So I'm very, I'm very proud to be with Alex and uh, all our colleagues in this, in this uh, project. How big is your team now? Uh, we are about 10 people at the moment. Nice. And does that mainly consist of developers or is, is the, the, the layer above more important? Um, so could you repeat that again? So is your team mostly like developers, people that build yes. real product, or is it more uh, management? It's, like it's, it's mostly it's mostly developers, and then uh, you know we have uh, uh, the the management team basically at the moment. But we plan to to increase the team uh, uh, soon uh, to to get to fifteen people uh, at least by the end of the year. Nice. So there's a, a serious growth curve happening. There. Yes. So, so where does your product stand now? I mean, you say you started about a year and a half ago with the idea and the vision. Where do you stand now? So uh, our trajectory uh, uh, started with uh, the an NFT release because we wanted to find uh, like a way to allow people who believed in the project to step into the company uh, by investing in our NFTs. So what we have done uh, has, uh, uh, has been building the very first 3D wearable NFT, which, uh, which is meant to be one of the product that will be sold inside our multiverse because uh, you know, we, we always talk about the metaverse, but there is no the metaverse out there. And what we're we're trying to to build is basically a platform where, through our configurator, everybody's building a metaverse. Yeah. So, 
There will be also special port uh, metaverse where we be where we'll be selling our own products and NFTs, and um, and so we started from the product, <clears throat> the product, and uh, we built this collection of NFTs, uh, and uh, and right now we are currently developing our MVP, which is gonna be ready more or less in uh, in three months. In three months, we are starting with uh, a um, metafair of art where people will be able to see art, art pieces by uh, uh, physical and, and, and digital and, and uh, digital uh, replica of, uh, uh, of real pieces uh, called also digital twin. Mm -hmm. And uh, and in this MVP, there will be also the possibility to see uh, how the retail part is going to work. There will be our store and a couple of other retailers uh, that will be selling in uh, in our metaverse. But that will be an occasion to test uh, the very first beta and show to the world what we have been working on. Yeah, okay, exactly. so would you say it's a full proof of concept? Correct. Cool. But with, I mean, it's a real, like you say, it's a beta, but it's, yeah, it's a, it's a live proof of content. Correct. Yes. yes. Cool. Is that scary or exciting? Super Both. exciting. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on yeah. the point of view. You know? I That's think it's, it's a mix of emotions, but yeah, it's super exciting. And this, um, yeah, as Alex was saying, we are, our goal now is to validate, uh, let's say the, the, both the supply and the demands uh, side. So we are looking for um, for brands, for retailer that uh, wants to join uh, the project as well. And so in some months, uh, the first prototype, let's say, will be will be ready to be launched with this with this event. Yeah, in fact, we are currently looking for uh, artists and creators and brands who want to join right now, because since we are at the very beginning, we are supporting them into this onboarding and we are doing this investment on our own for them. So anybody who is interested, uh, please uh, contact us because we are more than, uh, they are more than welcome. That's a good point, actually. I'll put, obviously, uh, for the listeners, I'll put all the information uh, for Space Report and Alex and Fer. Uh, in the description below in the show notes so you can contact them if you are a creator or a digital artist that is always good to at least get in touch w what has been the biggest challenge so far i mean you've been obviously building and you're working up up to this proof of concept what's been the biggest challenge so um as as federica was saying before uh in a startup um you need to basically have a lot of skills and, and, and you have a lot of challenges and every day is different. Yeah. So it's like a path that when you start, you have some challenges that you, uh, you basically solve them, but then the day after you have new ones. Yep. Now, uh, if, if I can tell you, in, in my opinion, one of the biggest challenge has been uh, um, going from, from an idea to an actual working company. This means that you don't have nothing. 
you just have pitch deck and you have to go out there uh, looking for, for funds, right? Uh, so uh, you start with uh, your family and friend investment, but uh, it was not that big for us because we got a, a, a 50K uh, to, to start with. Uh, but you know, you, you got to build a metaverse just, just to make a comparison. GTA, uh, the game, all right, was built with $250 million. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> there is a little bit of difference. Yeah. And uh, so you need, you need to go out there and, and convince people that this is going to be the future. Uh, so, so we, we, we made it right now because we uh, almost raised a, a, a million dollar, uh, but it has been uh, a, a you know a hard uh, um, a hard time to go from from zero from nothing yeah. to 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 this point. Right now, it seems easier uh, than than before. So, um, an advice for. Uh, Anybody who's out there who have an idea, don't get discouraged at the beginning. You know, if it's tough, uh, it's just a matter of perseverance. Uh, then, of course, you gotta have a, a, a little bit of of um, of let's say a concrete idea on on what you have, and it's gotta make sense, right? But uh, you know, don't get discouraged uh, if if it takes time and if it takes a lot of effort to 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 make it. There are some uh, old interviews with Jeff Bezos of Amazon, and he says something very similar. He's like, "Yeah, I I took twenty meetings to get funding, and all the meetings started with the question, what's the internet?'" I suppose your meetings are exactly the same with the first question, like, what's the metaverse? What, what is it anyway? What are we doing here? Yeah. Or, or, or uh, we, we got, uh, I mean, more than 20 meetings with, with investors at, at the beginning, and they were asking, okay, where is the, the traction? Well, I got to build the, the software to get traction, <laughs> right? It's coming. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would define the startup experience as a roller coaster. So uh, Alex um, explained perfectly the concept of changing, I mean, emotion challenges every day. So it's also cool because uh, we have different also point of view because from my point of view, one of the most, uh, one of the biggest challenges to, um, is to try to find, try to validate to find the so-called product market fit in, by yourself i mean you need to to create um also an experimental culture and try to 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 test everything with the with the least resources so this is something to me very uh very hard because you don't have actually you don't have a lead you don't have something that teaches teaches you how to do things so you don't have to do that really by yourself so because, yeah. because the market is new, you know, you, you, you don't have like experts who know and, and exactly. uh, um, so, so experts are, are anybody who says we are expert into uh, the, the NFTs, expert into the metaverse. Well, metaverse. What, what does it really mean yeah. in the sense that we are currently building 
yeah. uh, this this space, and um, it has um, characteristics that are different from like uh, ten years ago when there was like Second Life. I don't know if you recall, yeah. but uh, the, uh, this digital world, the uh, generation of users are changed, and so also their needs changed. This means that everything needs to be discovered, everything needs to be built from scratch. Does that make it easier or harder? Because you could argue, because there, nobody is an expert and nobody knows, there's no guidelines, so you can do whatever you want. And you, know, you can be as creative as you want without any limitations, so to speak. On the other hand, you can say the exact opposite. Because nobody knows, you have no idea what you're doing. I feel yeah, it makes sense. I feel like we are in a um, moment in time where uh, this makes it an opportunity for everybody to, um, let's say, go into the game and try to make it and prove that um, there, there is a need that you can solve. I agree. So if you look at the current, um, let's say, internet space, you got the big players, uh, the Googles, the Facebooks, the Amazons, and so on. Um, and a lot of people argue that there is less and less room for competition because those companies have gotten so big that if you get anywhere near what they are doing, they'll just either buy you or crush you completely. Um, and if you look at, for example, development of venture capital, into avenues that Facebook and Apple and Google are doing that is going down like shockingly bad because everybody knows like there's no point doing anything with search because Google will crush us. So there's no nobody is starting anything with search. And the same goes for social networking with Facebook and so on. With with the metaverse thing, obviously Zuckerberg has made the announcement. Uh, what is it a year and a half ago now mm -hmm. that they're going that direction. Um, no doubt that the bigger players are looking at it, but they haven't like fully committed. Uh, like Google is not launching metaverse products products yet, right? How long do you think you have as a startup? Not only you, but as a as a startup community for everything metaverse related. How long do you think you have before the big players are gonna dump a bunch of billions in it and take over completely? Mm -hmm. Do you think that's gonna happen at all? Um, I think. At some point, it's going to happen, but they, the, the big players need to overcome um, a big concept, in my opinion, um, which is the switch from Web 2 to Web 3. Yep. So um, the Web 3 uh, community, uh, and they are the early adopters, are a little bit against the web two companies because of what you said, because they, they are too powerful, because they know everything about you and uh, they wanna be anonymous, they have other needs. So I feel like the, the big companies are, will step in in the moment in which the masses will adopt the uh, metaverse because the masses won't care about sharing their data uh, and all the, the other information. 
but at that point, it's going to be the, the moment in which from the, the innovation uh, uh, standpoint, it's going to become a, a little bit more mature, the market. Um, and How long do you think and, we have before that happens? Because we're clearly at the very beginning now, but is that five years, 10 years, 20 years? I, I think, uh, you know, right now you're already seeing uh, companies uh, and brands like Nike, Adidas, um, Shopify, who are already stepping into the metaverse to touch the ground, feel what's happening, what's going on. Yeah, that's true. Um, and uh, the development of uh, the metaverse and uh, the the web three space is going at the speed of light so one month into into this market means like a year in another in another market so to give you a a a timeline i feel like in two to three years these big players are either going to buy companies like ours or our competitors to step in or doing something themselves. But I, I tend to, to feel like they won't do it themselves. It's too risky. Uh, it's way easier to wait, yeah, let, the other, let the other uh, take the risk. Yeah. And then when it's the right time, they buy. Yeah, I completely agree with, if I can, with, with Alex. I would say also uh, that maybe less, even less time. And uh, one of the advantages I, I would say of startups is speed. Yeah. So the ability to test uh, very fast the market. And this is something that uh, for, for startups like, like us and like also our competitors is something that we need to uh, take advantage now because as Alex was saying, this time, this is the time for corporates, for big multinational to, to look at what is happening and wait for, for their plan for their, for their next step. So now it's the time for us to, to move fast, to experiment um, in order to, to be at the forefront of, of, this new, of this new era, let's say. Yeah, that makes total sense. Then, that's, that's an interesting uh, ethical question then and if you don't want to answer that's fine so you're obviously you're starting this business and you're starting this journey as an early adopter um are you working to build a self-reliant company that will survive into the future or are you building a company that is ready to be sold to google because i can imagine that's a different approach yeah. like if you're just building a proof of concept that works and then you're waiting for google to drop 500 million on you and you're like yeah i'm out of here thank you bye that's i suppose a different way of working than saying no we want to be a sustainable company that still is here 15 years from now i think uh, it's you don't you you don't need to have a strategy or the other as you're saying yeah if you start with uh, a, a, an objective it can it can be uh, directed to one 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 way or the other but um 
let's ask ourselves why we are building this company. We, we are building this company because we saw what other uh, um, big web to corporation like Facebook did with social media. Okay, so um, if, if you ask yourself your span of attention, um, how much decreased since the, the, the uh, development of social media and AI into video, it's huge. I can't uh, look at a movie without looking at my phone sometimes, uh, you know, why? But because they have algorithms with AI, you know, that uh, basically makes you uh, uh, produce dopamine yeah, yeah. in very short videos. So right now, even the movie industry uh, has shifted because they can't have a moment where basically nothing is happening because otherwise you lose the attention of of the users i heard so, even songs are written that way now exactly exactly um this to say what this to say that the impact of ai uh is huge on the end user and it shouldn't be only on the hand of uh, some of only a few corporations, right? So I thought, well, uh, let's imagine ourselves 10 years uh, from now, and let's imagine the impact of AI into the metaverse. So you're not just uh, modifying what a person is viewing on a screen, you're modifying what a person feels around and, 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 and what a person experience like he's living into uh, uh in, into like into the real world so i thought we can't say okay um this thing went bad and it was not our fault so we must be part of uh, the creation of this environment because it's it's then it, it, it's our responsibility. But if then we can't make it happen because you know they they have more money or they made it better, at least we can say okay, we try to make it for the better. Because at least we can say all right, tomorrow um, we find the market fit. We are going to leverage AI, but we are going to leverage for the good, not for the bad. Imagine also uh, uh, TikTok, what they're doing. Uh, they are showing different stuff and we're using a different algorithm in China than in the US. So in China, they show videos of uh, uh, engineering stuff. So the younger generation learns stuff. In the US, they show uh, stuff to make you dumber and dumber and dumber. So, uh, what I'm trying to say here is that let's try to build a future that makes the 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 younger generation smarter rather than than dumber. Uh, you may ask, why, Alex, you're building an e-commerce? Yes, I am, but at the same time, I'm building a gamified experience where uh, you can play and learn. 
you want to build your store you, you need uh, for example some credits you go out there and you learn something about fashion you learn something about art do you learn something i give you credits you go ahead so uh, uh to to answer your question will i sell my company well i must be sure that if if i will at least the company will go in this direction. So uh, uh, I will do it only once. I will, uh, 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 if it will ever happen, uh, I, uh, there is a, a sort of uh, uh, boundaries where out of them, uh, um, the company cannot go. So that would be the only, the, the only moment in which I would uh, you know, consider. Yeah, fair enough. That's a good answer, actually. I like that. So let's say this whole metaverse uh, develops as Mr. Zuckerberg himself envisions it, and that in a couple of years we all live in our VR goggles and never leave the house again. How do, how do you see spatial port developing? Because obviously you got that proof of concept that you mentioned. Um, I'm sure you're going to have some feedback and some adjustments that you'll make from there. Um, and then what's what's the step after that? You're, you're going to have your vanilla um framework ready and then so um the steps are as for the hardware we are starting with uh, mobile devices and pcs the idea is then to move forward with uh, head mounted head mounted displays as a second step and third consoles uh, as for the hardware standpoint then, uh, as for the functionalities, our MVP is going to be uh, a single user and standalone. Uh, but um, in, in, in as a, let's say, second step, there will be uh, multi-user functionalities. So you'll be able to go shopping with your friends uh, and family and even personal shoppers who can help you out in finding uh, the best products for you. Because let's remember what's uh, the, the reason why we're going brick and mortar shopping. Of course, we want to see the product uh, uh, and touch it with our own hands. But a lot of time we want to find sales assistant that help us out in finding the best product. But um, when we enter in a store, the sales assistant is helping us finding the best product they have into the store. While having sales assistant into a metaverse, they could help you uh, uh, going in any store that are available and really helping you out finding the best product for you. That's amazing. And then it can also be a physical product for you, but also for your metaverse character. Correct. So, um, uh, as I mentioned uh, uh, at the beginning, we will be uh, selling three types of products. One is only digital, uh, and basically there will be NFTs. Then the, the other uh, uh, type of products we'll be selling uh, is digital twins, meaning that you buy a digital um, let's say product like a, a clothing piece that you can wear on your avatar and the real uh, the real product will be shipped at home That's or cool. you will be buying buying only the uh, physical product that makes sense so that's 
almost that's an interesting question actually like the possibilities are literally limitless as far as that goes limitless exactly is that uh, how hard is it to deal with that because i mean the only limitation is your imagination then but how hard is it to build for limitlessness <laughs> yeah if in fact uh, uh, the let's say the only uh, boundary is our imagination and uh, you know we can't uh, uh, say we want to build everything. No, we should empower everybody out there to build. That's the only way I feel like uh, we're going to populate and create environments that really are entertaining, fun, and, and cool to see. Uh, you know, the, the amount of content that uh, we have around right now since... Uh, we have the cameras on our phones yeah. like they are almost professional cameras already and 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 as you can see you know the content exploded there is much better there is also good uh good stuff out there uh great creators that spend their time and uh, their days in into this and they create awesome content yeah our vision is really to create a virtual mode so a place where not just uh, retailers, brands can sell their products, but also the creators, the artists that nowadays are increasing can, can share their, their content, their, their creations. And at the same time, people can, um, can buy, can, can, yeah, can buy products and socialize at the same time. So this is our, our idea. This is what we are, um, what we are aiming to and yeah i mean we need to start from our why let's say so we and now we want to to help uh these uh these retailers these these creators to to sell in the metaverse so this is our first first step nice how will you make money so basically uh the business model uh works in a way where uh, every transaction that happens inside the, the world uh, uh, basically gives us a small fee, a small percentage. So we don't ask for onboarding fees for uh, uh, small and medium brands, mm -hmm. but ask uh, just a, a little percentage for, for every transaction. Then, of course, that there will be uh, like, um, large corporation and large retailers who wants to help them out to build beautiful metaverses which with uh, with the configurator you couldn't build yeah. uh, so in that case we would uh, charge them the uh, uh, the cost to build uh, the space but besides that for for the end user the, the end user won't see uh, anything basically it will be on the retailer for any transaction that they make yeah and actually that makes sense for the end user as well because where we now pay for shipping fees then it will just be a transaction fee i suppose correct yeah and, and, and it works uh, uh, the same way uh, also shopify shopify also asks you a monthly uh, subscription but uh, at the end of the day uh, you know if, if you if you have a certain amount of uh, of transactions that uh, that's great so you can just uh, charge the retailer on on the results that they make 
Yeah, 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 fair enough. So effectively, you'll become a one-stop shop then for small and medium creators and companies that want to make that step without having the hassle of having to build everything themselves. Correct. Correct. Nice. I like that there's the extra option as well for the bigger retailers, because obviously they Nike wants a Nike experience rather than a generic experience that I can also build, uh, that you can still do the custom tailor-made solution for them. That makes a lot of sense, actually. Fair yeah. enough. Do you reckon, um, I mean, I'm 39, and if I see how quick my children are eight and five, if I see how normal sort of the digital life is for them and how almost abnormal it is if I mention something like a CD. The other day we were talking about CDs and my, my age-old was like, what are, you, what are you talking about? Like literally had no, like, you went to a store to, and then after 10 songs you had to go again. Like what? Why would you, you do that? You're gonna copy this, come on. Oh, oh I, I didn't even go there. I was like. No, don't do that, don't do, <laughs> don't that. do that, don't do that. <laughs> no. and, and like, I could see the, like that, that made no sense in his world. Like, what? Do you think that his generation will find it so natural to put on a headset or whatever it is that we might use AR glasses or whatever, and to just go through the experience that you're building right now? Or is it also for people of our generation, because I reckon we're about the same age, uh, that, that make that transition easy? Or do you think there's a lot of education you have to do in that process? So I feel like our generations uh, will be more reluctant and still always more connected to the real world. We love because we, we, we know the other side as well. We, we, we grew up with the real world and yeah. we still love more the, you know, meeting in person, uh, hanging out with friends, playing like uh, with real stuff. Yeah. Um, this is not the case, unfortunately, for, for the new generations, in my opinion. So they would be more open and they are more open to use a device to detach themselves from, uh, from reality and step into the digital world. That's why I, I underline the need of creating boundaries and, and making sure that there is an ethical development of these 3D worlds, because we don't know the impact that can have on, on, on the future generation. Imagine not even the generation that we have right now, the, the, the generation that will come. Oh yeah. So uh, our generation will use the, um, the tool, but not as much as the new generation, in my opinion. Our generation has money though, and the new generation doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I, I, I do agree, uh, but I, I didn't have money to buy a PlayStation in 2002, <laughs> but I, I, I got that anyway. That's true. That's true. Well, if, I see, if I see how quick... The, the access to uh, uh, consumer electronic, uh, electronics is right now at, at, at really at a low point, uh, a low entry point. So. That's, that's the thing. And uh, digital assets, you know, uh, at the end of the day, if your uh, child asks you 10, 10 bucks to buy some digital stuff online, they might buy a, a clothing piece or a t-shirt for one bucks. 
Yeah, that's true. Uh, or two bucks, and and I mean that's how they're gonna they're gonna spend the money. But it's the the, the total volume which is much higher than before, because before you had to go at, at the at the store you you saw in uh, in your town, but right now there. There, there are just a few players There will be not as many as, as there was in the past in the physical world. And so they can lower the prices to sell both physical and then digital. You don't have costs for digital. Yeah, that makes sense. Is that also when you look, for example, at um, countries like India, where, uh, you know, they're, they're skipping an entire generation almost of coming online, like the, the the way we grew up with computers and the internet and everything, they're skipping effectively that entire cycle of maybe 25 years, and they're now moving straight to mobile phones. And from there on, uh, you know, the sky's the limit. Do you think that the metaverse in general, but solutions like you're building specifically, also offer like huge opportunities for those countries uh, in the future? Because like you said, it, they don't have to, they're not unreachable anymore, because you, you know, you're literally a click away. And you can build a store for, you know, zero investment and zero money, and you can still be uh, selling your goods that way. Absolutely, this this is going to become a huge opportunity for everybody, not just the the, the platform that we are building, but uh, the immersive experiences um, needs to be created. So, as and, and for immersive experience, uh, I mean the metaverse. Uh, yeah. But uh, the metaverse can be both uh, augmented reality and virtual reality, and everything has to be built. And inside of it, also the services and the economies. Uh, so it's a huge opportunity for everybody out there who has a great idea or is at least great in doing something, and he can offer that greatness and that skill set to the world out there. Yeah, yeah. If I can say, I would say that one of the main advantages of the Web3 and metaverse concept is the democratization of the web in some way. So everybody can literally literally um, take part of, of this. And if I can answer to your previous question, uh, I would like to mention uh, one of the, I would say one of the most important voice uh, of the metaverse um, of today, Matthew Ball. And he describes, he states how um, in this metaverse primer, like how the user behavior is one of the most important categories that like uh, shape the, the metaverse. And um, for sure, the all the revolution, the technological technological revolutions, all the new years take time to to change. So I would say that our generation, our parents' generation, uh, will will take more time to change the behavior. And but new generation, Gen Z, and the the, the children that needs to that still have to be to be born. Uh, will will start from the very beginning to um, to navigate in this space. So their behavior, their behavior will be uh, 
for sure from the very beginning um, different from ours. So yeah, much more natural, I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I see yeah. how my eight-year-old is already uh, during all the lockdowns. They, they even had like class in Minecraft. <laughs> and he was like, oh, yeah, yeah. They're my friends, like no biggie. <laughs> okay yeah. that's quite exactly. something you know yeah that's what i'm talking about so that's cool um to wrap up what are you two uh you, i think you can both answer that what are you most excited about for let's say this year let's keep it short term because you got that proof of concept big launch or soft launch or beta or whatever you call it coming what are you most excited about what what what's what's like red circled on your agenda for this year um, what I'm mostly uh, excited is the augmented reality component combined to the virtual reality. This is something that we will be offering and that makes uh, us different from the competition because the competition is either focused on virtual reality or augmented reality. But uh, the fact that you can navigate the 3D environment uh, uh, and, and see different stores, different products. And once you see the 3D products, you can also try it on yourself through your camera. That's something very cool and very exciting. And I'm, I'm, I can't wait to see it. That's powerful. What are you most excited about, Federica? I would talk about that maybe I'm at more higher level. And I'm excited to see how our product can impact um, not just the retailers and the brands, but also uh, all the, the creators, the artists that want to take part to this revolution and to the metaverse. And uh, yeah, how our product, our vision in some way will, uh, will shape this, um, this, new, um, this new concept. That must be exciting, actually, every day that you guys go to the office because you're you're literally and physically building the future of collaboration, shopping, whatever you want to call it. That must be very exciting in general. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I can imagine that gets you out of bed in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Nice. Well, like I said earlier, I'll put all the information to both Alex and Federica and, of course, Spatial Port in the show notes below. Thank you very much for giving taking the time to talk about this. And I do have a feeling that we'll talk again in half a year and see how the launch or the soft launch went and where you guys are standing there. And that is all we have for you for this episode of the Long Jump Podcast. Big thanks to Alex and Federica for taking the time to explain what they're doing and get us excited for the future of the metaverse. Like I said in the talk, all their information can be found in the show notes. They're always looking for new opportunities and new people to collaborate with, both on the technical and development side as well as on the artist side. So if you are interested in this project, feel free to reach out to them. For now, thanks for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Feel free to share it with your friends and colleagues, and I'll catch you guys in the next one. Cheers.